0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. 11
1: o'clock. Welcome back in. It is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Todd West Mitchell, Chris Clark broadcasting live at Firehouse Subs 6041 Garner's Ferry Road right next to Discount Tire across the street from Target. Come by and see us. Stores open. Uh, I can already smell the delicious Firehouse Subs. Chris, you have now tasted... The Chicken Parm
2: Sub. Give us your review. Oh, man. 11 out of 10?
1: 11 out of 10? That no,
2: good? No, it, it was really, really good. It has... So, it's, it's interesting. Even though it's, it's a Chicken Parmesan Sub, but it's a Chicken Parmesan Meatball Sub. Right. So, the meatballs are made of chicken. Got the chi- the cheese on top. Yeah. Whoo, it sets it up see, It's really, really good. People can be skeptical <laughs> of,
1: like, chicken meatballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's no not, skepticism it, needed. It's not
2: the way that people typically enjoy yeah. chicken, but... Not a fall off. No, no, no fall off whatsoever. It, so if you like firehouses like firehouse subs, like the classic meatball sub, uh-huh. which is a, it's a classic here, you'll like the chicken parmesan meatball sub as well. It's outstanding.
1: Well, I will have to jump into that in the next break you, here, cause here. It right? looks absolutely delicious. We have, so a I'm have to check that out. Um, and again, obviously going in until noon here. Mm-hmm. Broadcasting live, firehouse sub sixty forty one Garner's Ferry Road. Um, you know, we've talked so much about the transfer portal. Just talked a few minutes ago about the latest with Alabama and Julian saying their five star literally little, just enrolled quarterback that was on campus, um, you know, was an early enrollee, now entering in the transfer portal. South Carolina has been one of the best teams in terms of the transfer portal, um, you know, in the month or so that it's been going on, you know, sitting at number five in the latest on three rankings. Because of that, and this is something that, y- you know, three of us were talking about yesterday, getting ready for the show, reasonable expectations for some of these guys in the portal and look you know there's so many we could we'd be here all day we were talking about each and every one of them but i wanted to hit some of the high points of guys that really could come in and make an impact right away and kind of what things we could expect from them and i think that's headlined by the biggest name out of this class so far for south carolina that being rocket sanders at Mm -hmm. running back because of course you have mario anderson that's (laughs) moved on to um to memphis karen joiner's not around anymore so there's every indication that Rocket Sanders is going to jump in and be the number one back. You have the concern about the injuries that he dealt with this past season where that kept him out for most of the year outside of that big game that he had against Florida. But we saw two seasons ago, especially against South Carolina, what he is like when he is at full strength. And I think people are going to have very high expectations for him in his first
2: year as a Gamecock. You know, and, and honestly, this is one where it's fair to do that because he has the track record of it. You know, we were talking about this yesterday on the show. There are levels to all the expectations that should be had for portal guys, right? And the running back room, the running back position is one where, I mean, there's tangible evidence of how South has flipped this room. Right. It's not just, hey, you, you brought in a former four-star recruit from a Power 5 school who maybe hasn't done much yet. You know, you, you know he has a lot of potential. Uh, and then, hey, you brought in – Let's say a school brought in a guy like that and then brought in a couple four-star freshman backs. You could look at it and say, man, on paper they they probably upgraded, but there's still some question. I don't want to say it's now South Carolina is one of the best running back rooms in the SEC. You don't want to just completely um, make that leap that they're going to be way, 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 way better. But, man, you really feel like they they have gotten a lot better, and not just on paper. Because Mm -hmm. of a guy like Rocket, then you add Oscar Attaway, a lot of experience, six yards of carry. Jawan Howell, a younger guy who's a redshirt freshman, right? But at a smaller level, he really showed some things on the field. So, Rocket, you know, former 1,400-yard rusher. uh, And once he's healthy, you know, I, I think this is a guy that you can look at and you know that he's got some of the best talent in the SEC. I mean, he's a guy that's literally done that. So, the expectations for him are going to be higher, and I think that's fair. You know it's fair to have those expectations because he's shown that he can do it.
0: Yeah, he's done it at the SEC level. Mm-hmm. I, I think is part of it. Now, granted, I, I kind of have always been of the belief, especially for running backs, I feel if you if you can do it, then you can do it. Basically, now uh, everybody around you is a little bit faster. If you're going from one conference to the next, um, everybody's around you is a lot faster and bigger. If you're going from high school. to to college ball, obviously, or to SEC ball specifically. And so for me, though, with Rocket, you've literally seen what he's done one-on-one in the hole with an SEC linebacker. You've seen him get to the edge against an SEC front seven. And so I think that's one of those evaluations where no evaluation is perfect. Like, no evaluation is without uncertainty. But the amount of certainty you would have in taking a Rocket Sanders – It's literally, can he get back to his playing health that he was at a couple of years ago? Because if he can check that box everything else is checked and and so this is one of the more easy evaluations you're ever going to make as a staff.
1: Sticking with offense this was a name that we thought wasn't going to be a part of this class as it looked like he might be heading off to A&M to to reunite with this coach from Ball State but we do have Brady Hunt now in as a tight end and we talked about it when he did officially commit to South Carolina the numbers that he put up the size that he has you know really gives you a a lot of hope that he's going to be able to come in and contribute and especially when you look at the fact that Trey Knox is no longer here and again Josh Simon did a very good job in, you know, um, playing that number two role at tight end and even stepping up when Trey Knox was hurt a season ago. There's now this gap of who that second tight end is going to be. And, yes, you have a pretty full tight end room with guys like Elk, Elksnicks Cox. You have Michael Smith coming in as the true freshman. But Brady Hunt obviously has been around and played college football for several years now and definitively should be that number two guy and could be a solid contributor on this offense as well. Guys,
0: I think Brady Hunt quietly one of the best pickups of this offseason And it goes back to this mindset of just filling your gaps with the portal. And so what was getting another tight end was getting kind of what I believe will be probably the number two tight end on the depth chart. Maybe he even pushes for the top spot. I mean, you also have to acknowledge there is a new coach in charge of the tight ends room. So Mm -hmm. there's a little bit of a fresh start there as well. And so he comes in. Can he push Joshua Simon? Whether he can or can't, either way, I think he's going to be pushing, basically fighting, you would say Nick Elksness and Connor Cox for that next spot. I think, and so for them to add him in, I think is a little bit of a luxury. Like you would have been fine without adding him, but the upside here of a former quarterback who is still learning the tight end position, who has uh, really broke out onto the scene past season, but the season before he was out hurt this past season. Um, and and was one of the best – was already getting mentioned as one of the best tight ends in the country. So I I think Brady Hunt, not a national name by any means. Tight ends don't get mentioned a a ton anyway unless you're um, Tyler's boy over at at Georgia. So I I think for for South Carolina to add a guy who can help in the running game as a blocker, can help in the throwing game as a pass catcher and and do a diverse sort of list of things – it can go a long way for you. I think Brady Hunt – I want to see him play in spring before I say this. Yeah. But I have a feeling that Brady Hunt could be an NFL guy.
2: Well, he's got the size and the profile as far as you know, 6'6", 250. He had a season in 2022 where he caught 46 balls. You know, he, he has the projectables, I think you could say there. And so, yeah, we do need to see him and how he's integrated – into this team and how he plays. But I got to wonder also, is like a bigger picture item, if he is what you think he can be, do we see even more two tight end sets than we saw last year, especially with, you know, some two things, questions at receiver. You probably are going to end up feeling really good about the Simon Hunt duo and some other guys that you got on the roster. And then you're probably going to feel better about your run game too. So does Dowell Loggins take a wholesale look at this offense and say, ah, you know, we're probably we're probably in 12 personnel with two tight ends one back a right. little bit more this year that would not surprise me
1: uh, jumping over the defensive side of the ball, somebody that we heard from yesterday from Wes's interview with him for Garnet Trust, DeAndre Jules coming over from Pittsburgh. And, and look, when we talk about this defensive line room, it is rich with a lot of guys returning: Tonka, Boogie, Nick Barrett, T.J. Sanders. Also bringing in a couple other guys uh, from the transfer portal as well as Simons and Goodwine from um, you know from Alabama. But DeAndre Jules, the most experienced of those guys in this group. And again, you know, you're going to have so many bodies to rotate in there what could be reasonable expectations of what he can bring to this room in 2024?
0: I think it's going to be kind of similar to what we saw this year with TJ and, and Boogie and Tonka in that, you know, a guy might be considered a starter. He might be listed as a starter. Um, that, that could change from week to week. And so I, I think uh, I, I always look at additions as what's best-case scenario, what's worst-case scenario. Both, and that could be from the standpoint of the team or for the player himself. Like, what what is the absolute best scenario in terms of his playing time? And, you know, I, I think for Jules, you're talking about a one-year deal. He's got one year of eligibility left. Um, he told me in that interview, look, I want to play SEC ball. He described it as also I want to level up my draft stock and, you know, kind of take it from where it is now and, and take it to another level. And so, to me, I, I'm – I'd be pretty surprised if the the floor was anything less than rotating quite a bit mm-hmm. with those other guys we're talking about and, and I do kind of think that the the upper level of this is that he comes in and just ends up being y- your starter now i i would be I would be a little bit surprised if anybody just starts. Every game at, at defensive tackle, I think there will be enough competition where we saw it on a week-to-week basis. Hey, this week that guy's starting, but the other, you know, the other one is the first guy off the bench. So mm-hmm. I, I think for South Carolina, you will continue see continued rotation. But I think best case scenario is that you will have very little drop-off from kind of those first two guys, and then the next two guys. And also, you have to have these players with these body types of that group. To be able to play a three man front because you you structure it out a little bit different, so they're going to be playing probably some some what you would call defensive end in that three three five as well
1: I want to throw one more out there. This is obviously a name everybody knows pretty well, coming back to South Carolina Gilbert Edmund. Coming back at the edge spot. Now, again, this room, we talked about this when he officially did return with his commitment earlier on this week. That, you know, the room looks a whole lot different than it did two years ago when he was part of this team. Um, you know, a lot of different, um, you know, faces there. You're also coming in with a guy in Kyle Kennard that's played a lot of football as well. So so he's not necessarily going to slide back into the same role or have the same amount of contribution that he was a season ago. He could certainly do that. Um, again, this is a room that they did struggle uh, last year when it came to generating pass rush in a lot of those games. What should reasonable expectations for
2: Gilbert Edmund be. Yeah, I mean, I I, I tend to be like Wes is with Jules, where you kind of set a floor, right? And I think the floor is that the quote-unquote worst-case scenario is that he's a guy that gives you some rotational snaps every game. And someone that showed some promise in 2022, someone that played on a really good Florida State defense and statistically didn't have a giant impact, but had more of an impact than somebody looking over box scores from games, would have indicated right like he, he he played a good bit and still has with a couple years left if he wants still has potential to continue getting better under sterling lucas so uh he was a starter in 2022 mainly because jordan strong was out but i think there's still upside there to where he has a really good spring summer preseason you might see him start some games and, and that would not be a huge surprise to me so uh, i wouldn't set it as hey this guy is a, is a definite day one starter but he could end up being a starter At worst, I think he's given you some really solid rotational snaps.
1: Absolutely. And, again, we'd be here all day talking about reasonable expectations for all these guys, but a couple high points we wanted to hit there. That, again, we'll have the entire offseason to, uh, you know, analyze, especially just go through spring ball of what these guys are going to be when we hit the field coming up this fall. Uh, Again, broadcasting live here out at Firehouse Sub 6041 Garners Ferry Road. Coming up next, we'll uh, have Chris. Make our case on something. He's not told me what it's going to be, so it'll be surprised to all of us. Make your case coming up next here on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs at Firehouse Subs on Garner's Ferry Road, going until noon here on the game, the 107.5 The Game app. And it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, West Mitchell, Chris Clark, along with you, we are broadcasting live at the Firehouse Sub. Here on uh, Garner's Ferry Road, 6041 Garner's Ferry Road, right next to Discount Tire, across the street from Target. I just tried the Chicken Parm Meatball Sub, and <laughs> it is as fantastic as advertised.
2: Was it 11 out of 10? 11 like said, out of 10. I would maybe recommend even it to an 11 anyone. And, a half.
1: and, again, just because it's in a meatball doesn't mean it's not good. <laughs>
2: That's right. Just because it's in a meatball doesn't mean it's not chicken. It, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah. It,
1: it's definitely chicken. Uh, that nice little, like, layer of uh, melted cheese on mm-hmm. top, a little bit of Parmesan on there. And, of course, you're going to need napkins because the <laughs> marinara sauce is, like, oozing out of the side. But that is a sign of a good sandwich. Um, you know, we can, you, we, you can have that. So certainly recommend that. Again, we're going to be broadcasting until noon. So come out and hang out with us. But it is now time for one of our newer additions to this show. That would be... Make your case. Hit it, Dave. There it is. Yes.
2: Make your case. New segment. We've done this like a couple times. I, I think we should start doing it weekly. We I should. Think, I um, think we
1: will. Any law firms in the Columbia area that want to be part one. of Make Your Case? I know one.
2: <laughs> there you go. So, Make Your Case. I, I've got one, guys, that I have a feeling, Wes. Sometimes, like your buy or sell segments, you know how we're irritated when we all pick the same thing? Yeah, I have a feeling that's what we're gonna do for this one. But okay. but maybe y'all get creative, and come up with something a little bit different. And I'm gonna let y'all go first. All right. So as we've laid out, as everybody knows, unless you've been living under a rock, Nick Saban retired at no, Alabama. I yeah. missed that. <laughs> Did you know? We should talk yeah. about that. Kalen DeBoer now the head coach at Alabama, right? Lots of movement in college football, just in general. New, new era. Right? Yep. Yep. Playoffs about to expand. So I want you to loop in every single thing that's just happened. Alabama was the gold standard of college football mm-hmm. over the last several years, and really for the entirety of Nick Saban's tenure there. Now that he's no longer at the helm of the Alabama program, make your case. Wes, go first. Oh, God. Which program is now the best position, <laughs> now that the King is out, <laughs> to be do- the dominant force in college football the next several years?
0: Well, it's very clearly Ohio State. <laughs> now, I mean, Georgia is going to be the answer, right? Um, y- yo, are you are you going Georgia? I was you, gonna go well, mean, going to go Georgia as well. I mean, I mean, I'm not telling you. It, You're it's, going Georgia. All right, it, Georgia is the answer, but um, Ohio State.
2: Let's, could let's, you make a case for somebody else?
0: Well, <laughs> is Jim Harbaugh the yeah. coach at Michigan? Yes, that's a big one. I mean, Harbaugh. Harbaugh holds all the cards right now, and he, he's he's done it. He, he's won at every level. So, I, I think for – if Harbaugh is there, you could make a great case actually for Michigan. And the the proof is, is very, very <laughs> simple to point out. What just, just happened? Yeah, go yeah. – what was that, two Mondays ago? Mm-hmm. We, we all saw it. And, you know – was this Michigan team really even that tested this year? Like, mm-hmm. it, it felt to me like they were the best team every time they were on the field. Like, it was not a fluky feeling mm-hmm. national title. Sometimes a team will win a national title, and you're just like, dude, they they were walking across hot coals the entire <laughs> way and just survived. But right. Th- this Michigan <laughs> team felt like the best team they did it without a flashy, dynamic quarterback. You can say what you want about, um, you know, J.J., but he, to me he wasn't the level of quarterback Well, some of these other title teams have had.
1: To a degree, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. because that's they, my point. They rarely trailed. They had a great running game, so they never yeah. found themselves like, hey, we need you to go out there and win us this game they outside. Proved, they proved the, you can win. Like exactly. That, the, the one drive they had to put together against Alabama, and he did very well on that drive. So he showed those capabilities, but, again, they never – put them in situations where it's like, oh, my God, game's on your back, JJ, go win it for us. Um, And I agree with you. I think Georgia's definitely in the best position to be that next team. But when you say, because everybody says, oh, they're the next Alabama, they're the next this, they're the next that, being the standard, I don't think they're going to have – the level of separation that Alabama had for so long yes. because for so long it was literally Alabama and everybody else and yeah Auburn pops up and beats them every couple of years and may keep them out of the national championship but there was still the definitive Alabama's the best program by a mile compared to everybody else I don't think we're going to have that anymore with this amount of parity we have in college football and, yes, Georgia might be the best team in the country, but Ohio State is right there behind them. Texas is going to be right there in the mix. Like, there's not going to be this huge gap between number one and everybody else anymore.
2: Yeah, I think you can see that. You know, will, will, we, will we look back even on what Kirby Smart, which has been extremely impressive, obviously, at Georgia, but when we how long to save it at Bama, 17 years? Yeah. I mean, do we look back at Kirby's 17 years and it's that good? I mean, maybe. Sure. I mean, the way well, he's on pace – and here's the thing, too. Winning a national championship is
1: about to get a whole lot harder because of all the games you got to go through in That's December. Right. Now, again, theoretically, if you're the best team in the country, you should be able to win those games. But that gives you more opportunities to slip up, too, where you're suddenly playing 16 games and you're going to be playing, what, the back, the back three of those against the best yeah. teams in the country. You know, we, as we've seen, you can go out there and you can lose against a team that you're better than if you just have a bad game or whatever it may be. So, you know, theoretically winning four national championships over the next 12 to 15 years for a guy like Kirby Smart? It's possible, sure, but it's not going to be easy by any means. Not going to
2: be easy, but I mean, I do think, and I'm thinking this generally too, just like, which program is going to be viewed now as that gold standard if one is, and I think, you know, Georgia is also, so, Kirby Smart's a Saban guy. Yeah. And so that is the closest, it has already been the closest approximation to the Bama program that we have, and so now that the Alabama program isn't Sabanized Mm -hmm. Georgia is still right I mean so much of what Kirby's done and I'm giving him full credit for it right but he he was under Saban for so long a lot of things they do are quite similar defensively the recruiting structure all of it and so I think if you're laying out a case like they're the safest bet they've almost like (laughs) I was telling somebody this other day They've almost, like, absorbed the powers of the Bamba It's like they've become Ala Georgia. Well, they've lately. taken several of their players they've taken, already. They've taken They're some of their players. Probably going
1: get Caleb Downs here pretty soon. It's like
2: the monster that, like, absorbs another person and takes right. on their power. Right. Like, that's kind of what they've done.
0: Yeah. So, this would not answer the question, but let me throw a wild card at y'all. program that has got to be incredibly happy right now is Auburn. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Hugh
1: Freeze specifically.
0: If you are an Auburn fan or you are Hugh Freeze specifically, you, you took that job at an outstanding time. <laughs> and so there's blood in the water there. And, and and here's the thing about Auburn. Even Alabama, as consistent as they have been through this save and run, there were still the years where Auburn came out of nowhere mm-hmm. and popped up and competed on a national level. Yeah. Well, now so much – I mean, we have saw it – you know, we saw it with South Carolina. Dude, the, the Muschamp era, like some of the – like Georgia coming to prominence, Clemson being at an all-time high. I mean, it, it was a tough time, I feel like, to compete at, at South Carolina. And so, if you're Auburn, maybe you get a few more in-state guys right now. Maybe you um, can sort of take a step from outside of the shadow of Alabama. As much as you maybe wanted to think you could do that, you were never going to get out of the saving shadow If you were Auburn. And uh, they've still managed to get players. They still managed to compete for the most part. But they had Alabama on the ropes in the Iron Bowl. They've kind of been in the dark, though. So for them to now have a true shot and with a guy who we know, I mean, Freeze is a good coach. Like, say what you want about the -the off-the-field stuff. The guy can coach. And they
1: brought him in because he beat Nick Saban twice when he was at Ole Miss in 2014 and 2015. And, you know. Several coaches, Gene Chiswick, Tommy Tupperville, um, uh, Gus Malzahn, were all fired because they couldn't match up to what the greatest head coach of all time was doing. And, again, I think Kalen DeBoer can be a solid coach at Alabama, but he's not the GOAT. So, Hugh Freeze isn't going to get compared to that going forward.
2: Absolutely. And, and they're recruiting well. they got one of the best receiver classes in the country. I, I, just real quick, I think if I'm thinking about another program, to go back to kind of the heart of the matter the question I posed, you know, I am intrigued by Auburn, kind of intrigued by Ole Miss, right, mm-hmm. what they're doing under Kiffin. There's one other program aside from Georgia, actually, that can, I think could thrive in the new era to become like a – like I am looking at Texas. I mean, they had two very narrow losses this year, yep. right? I mean, they still were it. And they've done extremely well in NIL. They've recruited extremely well. They're, they're doing great work in the portal. With they're the already,
1: Saban disciple as their coach.
2: With the Yes, and, and a guy who's a brilliant play caller. I, I – You know, we make fun of the whole Texas is back. They're they're back, They're back. They are with what they did this past year, and it's not. You don't get the feel it's just like a one year thing, like they're built.
1: And outside of winning the national championship, they couldn't be riding more momentum coming into their first year in the SEC. Um, So, so we'll see. um, We'll see how they do um, over these next couple years under Sark. We'll jump back into some men's basketball. Jack Velcher going to join us on the other side as we get set for uh, South Carolina going on the road to Arkansas coming up tomorrow, and we'll discuss the studi injury as well. it's up next? We're here broadcasting live at Firehouse Subs 4061, uh, or excuse me, 6041 Garners Ferry Road. Going until noon, it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs here on the game, the 107.5 the Game App. Welcome back, in. it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler Head, Westminster, Chris Clark broadcasting live out at Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game, 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach, 100.5 The Game out in Florence, and on the 107.5 The Game app. Uh, had to hit Old Reliable there in that break with the uh, Turkey Bacon Ranch. Can't come to Firehouse Subs without one of those. It still tastes as good as always, so in case anybody was wondering. Uh, now head out to the left Chevrolet phone lines. Welcome in our guy, Jack Feltry from Gamecock Central. We'll talk a little bit of men's basketball as they get set to head on the road tomorrow taking on Arkansas. And a big story of the week, we got the official update last night from Coach Pears. Going to be doing it without Miles Studi and going to be without him for the next couple weeks after that uh, shoulder strain that he suffered on that play against Georgia the other night. And, uh, Jack, we talked about this a little bit earlier. That's a pretty significant loss for this team. um, It's really going to affect, uh, you know, how you go about this lineup, um, you know, with what uh, Paris is going to bring as far as the game plan tomorrow.
3: Oh, yeah. First off, thank you guys for having me on as always. Um, But, yeah, no, it's definitely a big loss. Um, It didn't sound great when Lamont was saying that, you know, um, Studi's in a lot of pain right now and stuff. So, you know, you knew right away that something was definitely not going to be right. Um, but now you're gonna have to go about uh, facing a little bit of adversity and just replacing um, you know re- replacing a guy like that that started I think in just about every game of the season so uh, it'll be interesting to see what this team does and how they kind of uh, respond to it but I think they do have the guys in place to go ahead and step up now whether yeah. it, it, now whether they run a three-man, or uh, I'm sorry, a three-guard lineup or a three-forward lineup, that is kind of, I guess, up for debate. In my opinion, I feel like running the three-guard would be easier just because Studi was listed as a forward, you know, during these games and stuff, but he's 6'6". He, you know, on .com's website, he is listed as a guard, so I think someone like Jacoby Wright or Zach Davis could definitely just slide in and, you know, take on that role perfectly. And another thing, just the reason I say that is just because, you know, the big men, like, uh, BBB and Josh Gray, guys like that, and Stephen Clark, they barely, or if, if not at all, didn't play on uh, Tuesday, so you want the guys like Wright and Davis who are going to play, you know, what students gave in terms of minutes, which uh, they definitely can.
0: Jack, appreciate you being all men, and uh, yeah, I think that'll be interesting to see what direction lamont Paris goes with that, and some of it up will probably be match-up uh, determined as well, I would think, in terms of minutes, but... Let's talk about some of the big men and particularly Colin Murray Boyles. This this kid has been fun to watch. We knew about the buzz he created in the summer before he kind of got derailed by Mono, but man, what what have you thought of just kind of watching this dude come along and starting to make an impact as a true freshman? I I think you're talking about somebody with a bright, bright future here at
3: South Carolina. Oh yeah, man. He is uh, very, very fun to watch so far. He, you know, watching him the other night with Four blocks. I mean, it just looked like any time Georgia, who played very physical in the paint, by the way, let's not forget that. I think just any time they drove into the paint, you know, CMB was right there and he blocked a shot or swatted it. I mean, it was just crazy. I think that they got the crowd into it. Um, and you know, he's, he's a guy that can definitely, I think at some point, maybe not this, maybe, I think in the future, he'll be a big double, double threat consistently. Um, So I think the one thing that, you know, and this just goes for about everyone on the team, let's be honest, is just the free throws. I think he went 4 of 10 the other day. Um, And, I mean, big men, you know, they're a little little tougher with shooting free throws, so it's not always going to go in. But I think if he can just work that kink out, I think he's going to be just a pretty, you know, unstoppable type of player in the future.
0: Hey Jack, uh, real quick on that man. I, I know he was what four four for ten, I guess. But uh, just yeah. watching it on TV, you know, you know how some big men shoot free throws, and, you, and it just looks it just looks ugly. Wh- like when when mm-hmm. this kid shoots free throws, like I feel like there's some smoothness to his shot. Like he has an arc on it. He has a good backspin to the ball. Um, to me, it's probably not gonna. Tell me if you agree or not. I, I don't feel like this is something that can't be fixed. Like, it seems like something that could be cleaned up uh, relatively easily if it doesn't become a mental thing, because he does have, I feel like, pretty good touch for a
3: big man. Oh, no, definitely was. I definitely think it is something that is, you know, if you get in the gym and continue to work on free throws like every player on this team should um, after a horrendous performance the other night, then, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think he is a guy – like. You know, I think in some games in the past, he's been very good with his free throws and stuff. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, just one bad game, I think, from him um, shooting at the line, 40%, not great. But, I mean, overall, I like the arc on his uh, on his free throws. It, sh- it just wasn't going in the other night. So that's going to happen. But I think overall, you know, as he continues to grow and if he stays here long term, he's going to be a guy that, you know, could really improve his free throw percentages um, as the years go on.
1: Again, talking to Jack Veltry from Gamecock Central. Now turning our focus to tomorrow's game on the road. 1 o'clock tip-off against Arkansas. Pre-game coverage starting here on the game at 12.30. Arkansas under Eric Musselman does this weird thing every single year where they start off really slow in conference play, but when they start winning, they really start winning, and usually that is en route to uh, making a pretty sizable run in the NCAA tournament like they did once again last season. They lose their first three conference games against Auburn, Georgia, and Florida, then they pull out a last-second victory against Texas A&M just the other night. Is South Carolina catching them? the wrong time as they're starting to heat up like they've done in
3: years past Unfortunately, I would have to say yes. I just think that was like, that that game the other night for South Carolina was just inexcusably bad um, in terms of losing. Like that was a game that you were you really should have won. Um, you know, you didn't hit your free throws, you didn't make your three-pointers, you were out-rebounded um, in the second half when You go into the second half, you know, all tied up in terms of, uh, you know, total rebounds and stuff with Georgia, and then you let it slip away. Um, So, I don't know, because you kind of feel the same, like, you know, with last week when they went to Missouri um, after being blown out by Alabama. And you kind of thought, oh, well, this is another big road test, so let's see, and let's hope it doesn't snowball, I guess, because, you know, last year definitely would have. But they found a way to win. So, that's, you know, in the realm of possibility, but I'm also going to say, you know, Arkansas desperately needed that win the other day, right? Because they were 0 3 in conference play. Hit the game-winning shot with like a whatever. Um, and now that now they got that uh, that, that juice rolling, the juju uh, or whatever. But um, you know, I think Arkansas at home, that's gonna be tough to beat. It's gonna be a long trip for them for South Carolina. So you know, if and they're losing Miles Studi. You know, that's a, that's the a guy that's been a little inconsistent this year. But overall, you know, like I said before, he's made every start this year. So I think it's going to be tough to uh, you know get the win there, but hey, I mean, crazier things have happened. South Carolina just needs to come out hot and uh, you know control the tempo of the game, and I think they can ultimately win if they do that.
0: Well, and Jack, I think you start to look ahead on this schedule, and it is a long schedule. There are going to be ebbs and flows, and ups and downs, and there'll be times when the fans give up, and times when the fans think uh, you know that this team is world beaters. But dude, I mean, I think. The loss to Georgia this past week, uh, it, it hurts a little bit extra just because they had an opportunity to give themselves a, a little bit of a buffer. And it now it, it puts a little bit of pressure on them to kind of try to stay at or above, in this case, that 500 mark. When you kind of look ahead, you see Kentucky coming to town on Tuesday. Then you have Missouri, which um, that, that's going to be a huge game just because it, it is winnable. And you kind of have to take advantage of that when you look ahead past that, and you see at Tennessee, and then at a Georgia team that, that just beat you on your home court. So if you're South Carolina, you've got to find wins where they're available, so that, like you said, this thing doesn't start to snowball on you, and you start to sort of stare up at that 500 record in conference
3: play. Oh yeah, no, you definitely. Um, I like I, got, I got said before that, that Georgia loss is going back to fight though because. I think at the beginning of SEC play, you know, the discussion was, okay, If getting to getting 20 wins, in my opinion at least, feels realistic, right? Because that's about half or, you know, a little under half of your SEC games. Now, that would get you to about 20 wins. You're, you know, going to the SEC tournament, potentially looking at some sort of, um, you know, tournament bid or whatever the case might be. But you can't lose games like that. Man. You can't lose that games like that. Alabama, okay. Alabama's a really good team. Uh, you know, that is what it is. Georgia, you're better than Georgia, in my opinion. So, you should have won that game. And you could go ahead and split the series, but then you got to go to Georgia. You know, and then these next three games after Arkansas, man, I think are, I don't want to chalk them off the losses, but I think you're you're looking at potentially losing two out of three. Because you've got Kentucky at home. That's always a tough game. Uh, Missouri at home and then at Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee is, you know, probably the best team in the SEC right now. So, The schedule doesn't get any easier. I think it's just when you have golden opportunities to win, you really can't blow them. uh,
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Appreciate it as always, Jack. And hopefully uh, next week we're talking about another win for South Carolina as they get set for a very tough matchup with Kentucky. Appreciate it, man.
4: Yes,
3: sir. Take it easy, fellas.
1: All right, we'll come back and wrap. Up. Firehouse Subs, Tyler Head, Westminster, Chris Clark, broadcasting live at the Firehouse Subs on Garns Ferry Road for a couple more minutes. Been a great morning out here. We've given away tickets. We've enjoyed some delicious Firehouse Subs, and now we are joined once again by our friend, the owner of this Firehouse Subs, Larry Chandler. Larry, first of all, thank you as always for letting us come hang out at one of your stores, and uh, that chicken meatball parmesan sub, fantastic.
4: <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you all for being here, and uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. So, um, yeah, that's our newest. Uh, Uh, limited time offer but uh, it's been really uh, going on really well so far.
1: They've been hyping it up so much with these reads this is my first chance to try it. 11 out of 10. 11 out of 10? 11 out of 10. 11
0: out of 10 wow. That's uh I don't know how you get better than that. That's strong. Yeah that's That's very strong. Extra strong. Uh, um, We've had a lot of people roll through. Yeah. Like this might be our most well attended live show that we've had So so that's been cool. This is my home base firehouse yep. So, yep. so if i'm going it, to firehouse it's normally well, this one it,
1: it's funny because my wife literally works right down the street here and i was driving her to work the other week and i passed this one i'm like i think that's the only one that we haven't hit as of yet at least in the time that i've been here and lo and behold yeah. here we are
0: yeah yep. i i was here we did a show here way back that was like right before the clemson carolina football game
1: yeah
4: uh, two years ago maybe yeah because y'all y'all actually sit over right on over the there side yeah. there uh, off the deck there but uh yeah, so you've been here once, but I didn't realize that was the first time you've yeah, so. been here. So. Yeah, it's first time I've been here. So,
1: the sandwiches are good everywhere.
4: Yeah, good everywhere, good always. And um, Larry, I know
0: you're you're a basketball fan too. We normally talk football with you, but uh, what have you thought so far watching the men's and women's basketball teams for Carolina as they've gotten into conference play? Yeah,
4: I think uh, you know the, the men. Number one, I think uh, they're fun to watch. Both teams are very fun to watch, but the men. They've been very impressive. How they've come together and really played well together. They seem to really uh, like each other a lot, and it's really good team chemistry. Uh, you know, uh, really impressive to come back after that tough loss to Alabama and win. You, you went on the road and, of course, tough loss the other night. But they've got they got some uh, serious talent. Uh, the women are just off the chart. Uh, they're they're just super fun to watch, and uh, they're a great team. Can't wait to see what happens coming up uh, that that visit to LSU. Um, I wish I could figure out how to get get there just to mm-hmm. go, you know. You know but uh, but they're they're uh, both exciting. Uh, uh, great to see the. Uh progress of the men and the continued progress of the women. So. And,
1: w- and what a sizable jump from year one to year two with Lamar Paris yeah. and obviously, you know, last year, first year as a head coach in the SEC, there was going to be some learning and some things that, you know, were going to be a little bit bumpy and then going out there in the transfer portal and basically reshuffling your entire starting lineup and they've done such a great job so far and again, tough loss to Georgia the other night it's going to be a tough game on the road at Arkansas tomorrow but, you know, you have confidence this team's going to have a fair amount of wins in the conference this year.
4: Yeah, I, I don't think they, they definitely don't back down anybody and I think they're capable of uh, uh, being in any game and winning any game. It's just a matter of getting the breaks and the shots going down at the right time. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see how they finish the season. And, um, and, uh, and uh, I enjoy watching both teams. They're they're fun. Uh, you know, as a fan, you know, not much more you can ask for. So. Larry, did you ever think
0: that a basketball team, I'm f- referring to the women here, obviously, could lose basically their entire starting group from last year, a team that was... One win away from going to the national title, and I believe would have won the national title at that point. Yeah, could lose all that talent, and then maybe be better this year. I mean, if the, there's a thousand different examples for how impressive what Don Staley has done is, but that might be one of the most impressive things that they have just kept rolling, and they are they are so fun to watch this year too.
4: Oh, I guarantee you. Yeah, it it I, I knew that we were going to be good. I felt. Mm-hmm that way very confident but for them to be even better in my opinion I nothing against the team last year for several years but they uh hitting being able to hit the outside shot now and nobody can just sag back in the middle on us uh it we're hard to hard to deal with because anybody can score 20 points or 15 yeah. in any given night you can't just let uh let go of one player so um but they're, they're all very good.
1: So. Well, you mentioned that outside shot, and, you know, they've prided themselves on defense for so long under Don Staley, but now they're playing an even more entertaining and fun-brainer basketball where you have pow-pow, you have Malaysia for these girls are able to hit these three balls, doing it better than just about everybody in the nation as well. So it's what is South Carolina not good at? You know what
4: I mean? Yeah, I, I, It's a well-balanced team, and I think they're going to continue to get better as the season goes on. And, uh, get uh, get all this uh, battle tested on the road and, and I can't wait to see what they do. Um, great games coming up uh, here and on the road so.
1: Absolutely, uh real quick as we wrap up here. got about a minute. We talked so much about the transfer portal and the past month has been a busy time for Beamer and Company bringing in some pretty pretty high level talent headline by Rocket Sanders playing running back. Oh, what's your thoughts on what this team's done o- over the past month in the portal?
4: yeah, I think I counted uh, a couple of days ago we got eighteen nineteen is that right I think that sounds right uh, yeah it's good to, uh, I think we addressed some areas we needed to on on the uh, offense defensive line and even uh it's good to see uh Getting a player back that left us, and then uh, getting Rocket Sanders is going to be—I think—it's going to be exciting to see. And, uh, you know, uh, adding depth to the quarterback room is. Uh, both those guys got talent, you know, and so we're—I we, think we're in pretty good shape. We addressed quite a bit of, of needs, so it would be. Uh, uh, exciting to see what happens. So, Absolutely.
1: You know, uh, again, Larry, thanks so much. We always appreciate you letting yeah. us come out to your stores and uh, you know enjoy the sandwiches and hang yeah. out with the people out here. And I uh, can't wait to do it again.
4: Well, can't thank y'all enough. It's such a great, great time to always have y'all out. You know, uh, like I said before, you can come out every day if you want. To. So <laughs> um, don't hey, tempt we'll me with a good up. time. <laughs> All
1: right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs here on the Game.
0: tell you about before we get out of here that's our new sponsor at classic roofing head on over to classic for more information on their services and also to get a free estimate on any repairs that might you might need for your roof 803-590-7870 joe reeder and max sawyer have been an, an experienced roofers for over 20 years combined their team of experts is well equipped to handle all your roofing requirements That could be a residential project, a commercial undertaking, or anything in between. They have got you covered. Their mission is simple. Provide you with top-notch roofing solutions that not only protect your property, but also can enhance its curb appeal. Again, 803-590-7870, or head on over to ClassicRoofingSC.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about
4: anywhere.